Welcome to the Boba News Podcast. I'm Kim Bremer and I'll be your host today. Today on our podcast, we're going to talk about career opportunities for women in agriculture. Women play an important role in critical positions throughout agriculture, but that hasn't always been the case. Our panelists today have achieved successful careers in the dairy industry, but getting there wasn't always easy. We'll hear how they got to where they are, overcoming challenges along the way. Today on our panel, we have Joan Lau, the Director of Global Marketing with CMEX. We have Peggy Coffeen, the Editor of Progressive Dairy Magazine, and Kelly Cull, who, along with her husband, Tom, are partners with Tom's father, John, in Bud John Farms in Wisconsin. So welcome to the podcast today, ladies. I think to get started, why don't each of you give a little brief overview of where you are now in your careers and how you got to where you are. And Joan, we'll let you lead us off. Hey, thank you, Kim. And thanks to Bova News for having me uh, participate in this podcast today. Um, I've, I'm at CMEX in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. I've been here for 23 years. Um, I've come to Canada via California, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I'm an Iowa native. So I've had uh, several jobs in several states, um, but it has always been in the agriculture business um, and specifically the dairy business. So thanks for having me today. Kelly, how about you? Well, again, thanks Bova News for having uh, uh, this podcast today. It's been a pleasure to be a part of this panel with these ladies. Um, my name is Kelly Call. I'm from Lamira, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm actually a native of central Minnesota. Grew up on a registered brown Swiss dairy farm and um, married my husband, Tom, and we now own and operate Budge on Farms. Uh, our farm is a, a unique farm in terms of it's a show farm that we and we have taken it to another level that we have made a business out of showing and we board cattle for people as well. So we run about 500 acres, we inventory about 250 animals total, and um, we have a love and passion for showing. So we have made a business out of that besides running uh, the farm. And Peggy. Thanks, Kim. Um, so I'm Peggy Coffey and I'm an editor with Progressive Dairy Magazine. And I've been with Progressive Dairy for going on eight years. Uh, but my career path since graduating from college from University of Wisconsin-Madison has been in agriculture communications all along the way. So that included working with a few different ag organizations um, and also Wisconsin's agriculture newspaper, the Ag Review, before making the move to Progressive Dairy uh, about eight years ago. So as part of the editorial team. I coordinate content, oversee our e-news, and also am a frequent host on our Progressive Dairy podcast. All right. So I want to start out with Kelly today. When you're hiring on the farm, what are some qualities you look for, especially when interviewing women? And what expectations do you have for the women who work for you? Are they different? These are excellent questions. Um, to be honest, a majority of the people that apply at our farm um, I would say a strong two thirds of my applicants when I post a position are women, um, which is great. And I still have positions for men at the farm as well. But, um, you know, the things that I'm looking for, man or woman, um, I need to see that there is uh, some background with showing maybe 4-H, maybe FFA, maybe Junior Holstein or or junior breed association type of events that they attended. 
Um, I think one of the biggest things that I have found when I'm hiring is people need to understand and appreciate what we do because we're not a normal dairy farm. Um, I mean, we do a lot of normal things in terms of milking and feeding and stuff like that. But when it comes to when we're gearing up for a show, there's a lot of little details that um, we start to ramp up. Um, like I would say right about now, we're starting to think about our spring show and those type of people, they need to have a, a fire in their belly per se to want to help us get ready for the show. They have to have an excitement about, you know, cows in our business that we own or, or board that, um, you know, maybe look good for each particular show. And, and it's exciting for them to work with those type of cows. Um, some other things I'm looking for is they need to be able to work with our boarding clients as well. You know, they need to um, maybe an unannounced visit of some sort, or if Tom and I are gone, they need to uh, represent Bud John, whether they're here at the farm or, or at a show or a sale or an event. Um, so I certainly want people to be able to uh, interpret our goals and our vision, uh, you know, especially when they start working for us. Um, expectations that we have for our people are, are very high and, and we're looking for, you know, that higher level of responsibility, especially in terms of animal care and, and attention to detail. Um, I think that that can come with time upon training, because I think once you start working for us, you will understand what makes us very good at what we do. And, and it is those details that we emphasize on our, on our daily routine uh, during chores or before or after um, that takes us to that next level that I think that we're at and, and continue to maintain. So yeah, it's a, it's a different way of hiring. You know, I'd like to see some, some, certainly a high school background, but even more so I'd like to know that they're able to uh, have some college education, whether it's a post-secondary or, or they've graduated from four-year. I've hired both. Um, and, and I've hired at the intern level as well, and they've gone and stayed on for us as a full-time employee, and that works well too. And you said two-thirds of your applicants are women. Have you seen that change over time? Do you see that number changing at all? Honestly, I haven't. Um, and I'll tell you why. I feel um, many who know our farm know that I'm just as involved with the cows as what Tom is, and even from a, like a young stock perspective. So I think it is not uh, unlikely that women want to come work at a place like ours, not only from... I'll say working with myself, and I don't mean that egotistically, I mean it as I am out there with them. But I also think that, um, you know, I, you know, I don't want to say that there's guys out there that aren't the same as us in terms of female versus male. But I think that there is an opportunity for women at a place like ours that, you know, okay. And Peggy, Egg colleges are made up primarily of female undergrads today, including those within dairy, dairy science. Uh, what advice do you have for these young women given your career experiences and your path? Thank you for that question, Kim. And 
And really the best advising that I can do for any female um, or any, whether female or male student that's looking for a career in ag agriculture, or agriculture communications is the key is really networking and uh, establishing who they are and what their skill is. And by that, to apply that to an agriculture communications journalism type of career, I think one of the best things that, um, that you can invest your time and energy in is into connecting with um, businesses and publications that have a need for freelance writing. Uh, there's a there's certainly an opportunity, whether it's through a publication like ours, Progressive Dairy, or through other businesses in agriculture to produce written content that performs well online, meaning that it is written so that it is, um, you know, searchable and has keywords in it, um, or content that, you know, will be well suited for educating um, a dairy audience on whatever the subject matter is. And, uh, and for students that are interested in pursuing careers in communications, starting to do that now is really their way to start to establish themselves in their career path. Um, being published helps you to not only be noticed by other professionals in the field, but it gives you the practice and experience uh, that you may not be able to get at, you know, any other way at that age. Um, sometimes it's those little projects that you can pick up. And really in, in today's world, uh, where I see an even greater opportunity is not just on the article writing side that I would have grown up with, but um, opportunities in social media to uh, do freelance projects within social media. Uh, because one of the greatest assets that college students have right now uh, is going to be their knowledge of how to use social media as a marketing tool. And to be honest, they probably know how to do it better than I do because they are learning that and being trained in it and growing up with it. Um, so my advice for those college students right now or for those young people looking for careers in, in the communication side of the industry is to start reaching out that, to that spider web and making those contacts with people in publication and marketing and uh, just letting them know what their skill set is and looking for opportunities to, to share their skill. That's great advice, Peggy. And moving over to the genetics industry with Joan, uh, you have a pretty vast resume uh, and I, I don't think it's any secret that the genetics industry is really dominated by men. So how did you find your niche and make your mark to get to where you are today? Well, thanks for that question. Um, I guess I've always known what my value was to the company, um, to the departments, um, and what I brought to the table or to the conversation or to a project uh, or strategy that it was different from a male perspective. Um, so I would advise young women to differentiate themselves, be innovative, be that person that everybody wants on their team to bring a different perspective, um, a different look at things, and, and know your value and be proud of it. Now, what was one of the things that all of the associations or companies that you've worked for that they've had in common? Oh, I would say uh, for sure they had a value on people and relationships and whether that was with their staff or with clients, uh, they all had a belief that people were the source of strength within the company and were the cornerstones of the company. 
um, all my employers had or have a, a very friendly or family atmosphere. And so when you go to work with others in that type of atmosphere, everyone works hard together. Uh, you'll bring your best to the team because you don't want to let anyone down. You don't want to let your friends down. And that way you win together and you, and you build on those wins. Um, so I, I would say it, it shaped my path for a, a very strong work ethic. And along the way, I've, I've made a lot of cherished friendships. Yeah, I think that that's something that all of us can relate to. What are some of the more significant obstacles that, uh, and I'll, I'll pose this question for all of you, what are some of the more significant obstacles that you faced in your career? And, you know, give us a little bit of background on what you did to overcome them, because I think it's clear that all of you are quite successful in your areas of expertise and your careers and what you do. And all of us in agriculture can look up to each and every one of you, but that doesn't come, that doesn't come overnight and that, that isn't easy. So what have you overcome and how'd you do it? Uh, I can, I'll speak on that, Kim. I think one of the greatest challenges that, that I faced in my career in journalism or that any, I think any woman faces um, if they are, if they are a parent is the transition from being a, an employee without children to an employee with children. Um, and I think that's something we, you know, we could explore a little bit more because um, those that have gone through that transition of, you know, putting 150% of your time and energy into your career, and then there's a life change. And, and, you know, maybe it's, for me, it was children, but for somebody, you know, it might be something else. Maybe it's caring for an older parent or, um, or dealing with a health crisis. But, but I think that there's a challenge that comes to play when, um, when we have to, reevaluate uh, where we're putting our time and energy. Um, you know, prior to children, it's, it's really easy and fun and exciting to put, you know, so many more, so much more than eight hours a day into a job, right? But um, sometimes when things in life shift and our priorities shift, and here again, it's not just motherhood, but I'll, you know, speak to the motherhood side of it. Um, we have to evaluate um, how we are spending our time. And maybe, you know, an example of that would be in prior to having little ones, it was much easier for me to jump on an airplane and, you know, be gone for a couple of days. Um, but your priorities start to shift a little bit when you have a different set of responsibility. And, um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes that can be um, hard for us to accept ourselves um, that maybe we feel like because we have been giving 150% for so long, when we throttle that down to 125, we feel like we're not giving enough anymore. Um, and, and that's probably not really the case, but I think that's one of the challenges is the mindset piece of being able to adapt the way we view uh, what we're putting into our careers as we have changes in life that come along. How about you, Kelly? I think one of the things that's probably one of my biggest takeaways, I'm, we'll be 48 years old in about a week. And I would say if you were to ask me five years ago or 10 years ago, would I be at where I'm at today? Um, I would say yes, because I think one of the key points is you need to be ever evolving. Um, you need to continue to open your mind to learn, um, challenge yourself, 
Uh, I think that's a big thing. I think that if you get a little bit settled, um, and I think in the past year, we've all learned how to pivot and we cannot settle um, for where we are at. And I think even a year ago, I would say Tom and I have had to open our mind to changing our business model in terms of obtaining new clients, um, how to how to generate other sources of income on the farm. Um, you know, with having no shows last year, we, you know, certainly had a, a percentage of loss in terms of boarding clients. And, you know, so we had to think outside the box and figure out, okay, how else are we going to, how can we make up for that lost income? I mean, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, well, we had COVID money from the government, but, you know, we still have to run a farm COVID money or no COVID money. So that was always considered bonus to us. So I think, you know, just to give a few examples of what we have done is we're very good at making hay. So we, you know, we made more of a commodity out of our, our, our hay ground this last year. So we're, you know, we're sourcing that as income this year. Um, you know, we just redid our website and we're trying to, you know, land some new clients and maybe really good quality clients that want more out of us than good, just a good show heifer, for example, you know, maybe they want to, they want to make a, an investment and, and, and really make it a full circle opportunity for them to get a return on that investment. Um, you know, and, and same with our, our internship program that we run at the farm. I mean, we kind of turned it into more of a mentorship program and, and give youth or, or, you know, younger people an opportunity to learn from Tom and I, and, and along with that, bring an animal to the farm. So they, they've got some skin in the game while we're getting ready for our own show. Maybe that animal of theirs is, is also going to the show. And, you know, they can ask Tom all kinds of questions or myself in terms of getting that animal ready and what it takes. And they can work through that every day with what we do. So, you know, I think there's, there's just a, there's always that opportunity to evolve and grow and, and just reinvent yourself. And Joan. Well, I would agree with Kelly on that 100% where for me, um, the most significant challenge uh, in my career was with the COVID situation. And last March, now it's over a year ago, where we were all sent home and we have about 100 people in our office here in Guelph and we were all sent home um, to work from home. So we needed equipment. We needed software so that we could communicate with one another, you know, with uh, um, virtual meetings and communication tools, and then change our strategy of how we were communicating with uh, with our clients. Um, you know, it was very challenging to to motivate the team, uh, keep them motivated, uh, to brainstorm uh, via Zoom calls and communicate with everyone, um, you know, virtually. So I would say that was my biggest challenge, but it really has worked out in a, in a very positive way in that that's how we're doing business today and probably will be for uh, years to come is uh, more of a, a digital um, platform for our marketing strategy. And do, can any of you give me an example of some advice you would want to give to your younger self? I think we all have things that we wish maybe we had done differently 
or had discovered earlier in our lives or our careers. Do you have uh, any pieces of advice for your younger selves? I would say for me, I was uh, very fortunate to have a, a mentor over 30 years ago who advised me to uh, invest in a retirement plan. Um, when I came to work, I had come from the dairy farm where my parents invested in the farm. They were not investing in stocks and bonds and, and that. So I, I was a bit unfamiliar with investing in a retirement plan. So he told me to invest what I could in the company matched it. And it started out as a, a small fund. And today after, I hate to say several decades, it's grown to be really a, a, a very good uh, retirement plan just from that one company. So I would say, you know, when you're young, you don't think about investing for your retirement, but start young, start young on a, a financial plan, but not only a financial plan, uh, invest in yourself with education as well and, and learning opportunities um, that will serve you well and always be open for learning, as, as Kelly said uh, earlier, be open to learn and do new things and be innovative. Peggy? To kind of follow up with what Joan was just mentioning and piggybacking on what Kelly had also mentioned with the concept of learning and really just adaptability. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I would have told my younger self, say back up, you know, 10 years ago, when you look at your future and you believe that you know exactly what you want to do and where that's going to take you, um, is to give yourself grace in that you may change. Um, your priorities may change, your passions may change, um, the things that light you up and get you excited may change, and that that is okay. And we live in a vast world of opportunity, uh, whether it's through agriculture or through whatever your specialty may be, like in my case, it's the communications field. And, and those skills are vast and can be adapted to many different scenarios. And so that would be the advice I would give to my younger self or anybody um, that's kind of in that category is that, you know, if there comes a point where you feel a shift and where your heart is pulling you, that it's okay to make changes and maybe change the plan that you thought you had to follow. Kelly, do you have anything to add? I do. Um, what I would say or ask myself at a younger age is, what's your reason for getting up in the morning? And I say that because my alarm goes off at 3.50 every morning. <laughs> um, but why do I do what I do? And I think the biggest thing is, is you need to pick one thing that you, that gets you up in the morning and gets you excited about for me going to the barn and that's working with good cows and having a beautiful facility to do that in and working with a really great team of people, which again is mostly female on my end. And I'm good with that because for most of the, the ladies who work here, you know, I would definitely call all my team friends. And I think that's important, but I think you need to pick one thing and really try to do it and be the absolute best at what you do. Um, I think that that's where, you know, I think our farm is set apart. I think we have always strived to be the best at what we do and, and maintain that. So I would definitely say, you know, when you pick whatever category that is, um, in which my terms, it was farming. Um, every single day, do it to the best that you absolutely can. And not every day is great. Not every day is perfect. 
but certainly try to make the most of every day. And as much as you can stay the course, you know, Tom and I chose Lamira, Wisconsin to, to live here and, and farm uh, 500 acres with his dad and, and his mom. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to do this for at least another 20 years for sure. Um, you know, what's it look like five to 10 years from now? I don't know, but I hope that, you know, we can maintain and continue where we're at. And I think to wrap this up today, I heard this come up from each of you in your own way, talking about mentoring. What experiences have you had mentoring young women in agriculture? And what advice would you give for others who would have the same opportunity? How important is it that we continue to do it? I can speak first on this. Um, I'm a big believer in mentoring. It was something that when I was actually on the the board at Wisconsin Holstein, um, we had a youth youth mentorship program that I started there as well. It was only for a day um, where youth would apply and we would either have farms or businesses or AI companies or you know, milk supply companies, whatever the case was, um, if you were willing to take a youth with you for a day, um, just so they could learn what you do. Um, I think that that's so important in life because, you know, I think internships maybe sometimes uh, make you aware of what you don't want to do. But I think then if you find a young person who, you know, loves what you do and wants to learn more and wants to get involved. Um, I think Tom and I are big believers in that. And certainly myself that I would uh, take on the opportunity anytime to have a young person come to the farm and spend the day or, or a month or the summer or whatever the case is and learn what we do because, you know, cause they love it too. Um, and I think I have a lot to share and, and help them grow as well. So I, I think mentoring is, is so important in terms of giving back to an industry that's been just unbelievable to Tom and I. Peggy? Um, I'll just reflect on a moment of one of the greatest mentoring experiences, you know, that I had and how I try to play that forward. But uh, I remember, you know, sitting in the office during an internship at what was Alto Dairy at the time. And uh, my manager, um, just really encouraging me to pursue writing and telling me that I was a good writer. And, you know, it was kind of a skill I took for granted because sometimes the things that come most easily to you are the things that you may not see as special or different from what other people have the capability to do. Uh, but I, I look back at, at those moments of, um, of her encouragement and they really meant a lot. And in fact, they probably were um, some of the things that prompted me as you, you know, sort through where do you want to hone in on in the communications field um, to really pursue a more writing focused career. And, um, and so, you know, I remember that and I, I consider that as sometimes I have the opportunity to manage or mentor our interns within our publication. And uh, it's interesting because they're always remote. Um, so I don't always have the, the opportunity to interact face to face. But one thing I do try to make sure I do is um, when they do a good job, I tell them. And because I know that that little seed may be the thing that they need to hear that helps them direct their path. And I think one of the interns that we've had at Progressive Dairy, uh, I've been just really proud of her to watch her grow 
um, she now actually has her own freelance writing business and does freelance for us and several other dairy businesses. Um, but, uh, but I do believe that sometimes it just comes down in the simplest form to taking the time to tell somebody that you notice their skill and that they're doing a good job. And Joan? At CMEX, we offer internships every year, um, several internships, and, and they're mostly filled by young women. Um, and most times it's their first time working in an office atmosphere with many different personalities. So, you know, I, I always try to encourage them, like Peggy says, um, we try to give them different kinds of experiences. Uh, we advise them to take on jobs and responsibilities that might be out of their comfort zone. So as Kelly says, it, it, they may find out the things that they, they don't like to per don't like to do or, or won't pursue for their career, but it does give them experiences in all kinds of experience, you know, different kinds of responsibilities. Um, and take a genuine interest in their well-being and their career path. Um, I still keep in touch with many of the interns early in my career, and they're part of my network of uh, resources that um, help me with my career now. Um, you know, I, I had a mentor 30 years ago. He still keeps in touch with me. So I try to do the same for other young women and um, just keep in touch with them along their, their career path. So, well, thank you so much for your time today. The three of you represent all of agriculture so well. This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Bova News, have a great day. 